Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Connie Chung. And I'm Kenny Gong. This is a show for budding real estate agents, whether you're new to the industry or seasoned and refining the fundamentals of your craft. We're so, so excited to introduce today's guest, Kenny Trong. Many of you may know him as the fast agent. Kenny is a powerhouse. He has been the number one agent in number of homes sold in Oakland, California since 2012, almost a decade at the top. He's known for some of the freshest, most vibrant and innovative marketing in the entire industry, so much so that Inman News named him most innovative agent and broker of the year in 2015. Beyond that, he remains one of the most generous agents we know, always sharing information with colleagues about how to improve their systems and their teams and, of course, their business. So welcome, welcome, Kenny. Hey, how you guys doing today? Good, good. First and foremost, true or false, your name is now legally Kenny Fast. I had the paperwork in front of me. I applied about two weeks ago to change my name to Kenny Trung Fast, but it's, it's, it's in the works. <laughs> so it's in the works, but it's not official yet. No, not official like just yet. <laughs> so what inspired you to put the paperwork in? Kind of like was trying to do it for a while just for fun. I was going to do a middle name fast, but originally I got flagged by EXP. By, they talked to a DRE person. In California, for you to use the word team or the word group, in your team or group name for marketing purposes, you have to have your last name in there. No, no exceptions. The only way I can continue to actually run a team called Team Fast, you know, we're in real trends under hashtag Team Fast, is to legally change my name. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going ahead and do it now. Um, Cause I'm Canadian. I was planning to do it all at one time, taking tests for citizenship, but it's just taking way too long. Okay, tell us about Kenny Trung before real estate. Not very business savvy. I mean, I, I went to high school in Oakland High. Then I took two years in community college. That so became three-year community college. Went to Alameda and Merritt. And I spent three years studying business administration degree and a business marketing degree at Cal State Hayward. And the last quarter became Cal State East Bay. And I thought I graduated earlier, but I said, well, not that I was ready to graduate. This is, and you're still missing two classes. So I had another, I think like two more semesters or a quarter or something over in, um, there was Concord or Walnut Creek. I forgot where the extended campus was. It's been so long, but that never had a real, I've only had like one real job before as a kind of floor supervisor for this company that scanned loan documents. But outside of that, I've never worked in any other type of like full-time job before in my life. So I have a terrible uh, retail, retail customer experience scores. Yeah. So Connie and I are actually both community college alum as well. And it's an amazing public institution. And of course, I'm partial to it. But it's such a good opportunity to folks for folks to find their way and to make their way in life. Yeah, I saw Connie's email like two days ago. That was pretty cool. Was it uh, about your UC Berkeley journey? That was pretty inspirational about you know how you couldn't get into wherever you want to get in and you were able to get in the place you originally wanted to. I heard in another interview of yours that you mentioned you were a product of the GeoCities and Zenga era, as so many of us Asian folks were. Um, did that shape how you think about marketing and the importance of connecting through the internet at that time? I think so. I, I truly think so. Because then uh, during the, like, the Zenga MySpace time, I was posting a lot of like funny content, writing really ridiculous things in like a couple paragraphs at a time. 
or posting like pictures and now it's memes right but before i was like posting interesting articles and talking about that but i i think that was like the beginning of social sharing and that time i didn't do it for myself or to get recognition i actually went under my handle lol he just said but none of my profiles had my face on it i just like i was really interested in creating content that was entertaining for people and content that just looked really sharp and with good design so now you know it pretty much sounds like instagram so we are here breaking the news that Kenny Trong was the original meme page creator. <laughs> it was a lot different back then too. You know, like people had much, much longer attention span. You know, this was before Tumblr. So like when you posted something, you had to like, you had to get some insight or comment on it. Otherwise you, you wouldn't be able to pick up a lot of, you know, people subscribing to what you were doing. It just gives you like an idea of how old this was. I mean, I started real estate, I think 10 years ago. I used to have to look for motivational posts, you know, like you see all day, you have tons of accounts like that, but I had to go look like pretty heavily for motivational posts to print them out and cut them and tape them to my monitor. So this was before like all this, like, or this is before like social was social, like you couldn't really find content. So this is kind of like pretty, pretty old school stuff. Oh, I love that. Not only were you an early content creator, but you were actively out there seeking content. I was reposting to my monitor. That's really cool. Okay, so tell us, how did you get into real estate? Uh, pretty random. I I was working different gigs on Craigslist, and one of them was some random one. It was like to pick up signs. Like I didn't know what it was, but pick up signs. It ended up being auction.com signs, those big, bright, yellow, blue, or green ones you saw like maybe five, six to 10 years ago. Pick up the signs and then like on a pallet and then bring them to my home. I lived at, uh, with my parents at that time. So we stored the signs on the front porch patio area, and the agents would just come and pick it up. But here and there, like people started like ringing my bell, you know, out of courtesy, right? They started ringing the doorbell or the door to make sure, hey, this is okay to pick up. And then like somehow I just met this really funny big Nigerian dude that was like, we just hit it off right away. His name was Sunday Peters. And then he was selling bank notes and working with REOs at the time. So we, we had a quick chat. It's like, he seemed to saw my energy and my hustle. And then I began working for him as an assistant the following week on hour, hourly pay doing like BPOs, which is broker price opinion, kind of like CMAs right now, doing BPOs, installing signs, installing lot boxes, all that like grunt work. It was kind of cool being able to do that for him, seeing the back end of real estate. And at the same time, like I was actively installing signs to 100, 230 homes every month, driving around 30, 40, hour, 40 hours in Northern California to, you know, staple the signs to the garage stores or stick them in the ground. So I saw like thousands of homes before I actually even like sold, sold homes. That is incredible. It just shows like there's that deep hustler in you and you were just like ready to learn and do anything you could. And you were just so open to just getting your hands dirty and into work. So that's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was kind of recession too. Right. So like it was hard to even get work. So when I did that, like I had no problem in the pay. I think it was, at that time it averaged out to the 30 something bucks an hour, which is, which is still a lot of money now. But at that time it was like pretty good. So I, I did that for like three years, I think, until the auctions kind of died down. Yeah, a year later, well, that guy, same guy convinced me I should get my, you know, I was already doing like the back end stuff, convinced me to get my license. So I worked on that. And then I ended up joining a different brokerage. At that time, one of my original mentors, Vinny Mewin, he ran Century 21 in Oakland, but then they disfranchised, I guess. And then when I joined them, it became a small boutique company called Michael James Real Estate with about six agents. And then I, I worked for them kind of learning the ropes got, got really lucky i was placed there because like honestly there wasn't that much training 
because it was a small shop and then they did a bunch of REOs. They did about 100 REO sales a year. So I didn't get that formal training, but it actually helped a lot because I was able to, you know, kind of figure it out on my own and read online. And they didn't have any too much input on my marketing. So they were able to kind of brand and, and start branding myself uniquely within the first year I was working in business. And then I didn't have any that much inspiration out there. Social media wasn't really a big thing. So because of that, like I, was, I got to create my own brand with my own thoughts instead of seeing what other people are doing. That's great. Okay, so let's dive into the marketing because you are the king of real estate marketing. Again, Inman News named you 2015's most innovative agent and broker of that year. So give us a rundown of the Kenny Fast brand. How did it start and how has it evolved? So my third year in the business, I, I created this thing called Hashtag Fast Agent. I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew it. Like I would want people to start calling me it. Um, hashtags were a thing on Twitter, but they weren't really on Instagram or Facebook yet. Right prior to that, like I, I'm, I've always had like fast cars, like a, like a Supra or WSXDI. And at that time, I had like a BMW M5, a V10 car. And I had a license plate on it already. That's a fast agent. So they just got me thinking I can just start branding myself fast agent because I was doing things pretty quickly. Within my third year of my business, I was actually number one, buyer, number one buyer's agent in Oakland. And I think I was like in the top three in number of deals closed. And then the same thing with my fourth year. So I found that like if my my thing is able to just sell albums really fast, uh, whatever that might look like. Um, and then that kind of like the hashtag stuck. I started putting that on everything I posted. Then I started doing email marketing. And then email marketing was something I was known for for many years. I've cut down a lot recently, but was to leverage pop culture. It could be like a movie comes out like, I don't know, Spider-Man or any brand like Skittles or MMs or, or you know, Shake Shack. And then branding custom emails to that. That way I could find a way to relate to people. So like the brand I created, if you look at the logo I have, it's really simple. It's just an impact font. It's just a word fashion agent on a white background. It's really, really simple. But the marketing I created has like a lot of unique popping color. So my brand, what I've created, the way it looks, is just like it could look like anything at any time. But the core of it is like it doesn't really look like anything. Okay, the bus stop signs. That's how I first heard about you and your brand years and years ago. Tell us the story of the bus stop signs. Bus stops. I think my yeah, my fourth year in a business, I was already branding my self fast agent. It was like two years in, so people kind of was starting to know me as that. And I was posting a lot of stuff online. I was doing Facebook ads and well, social media in general, and I was trying to find a way for people offline to know who I am. So I originally bought 20 bus. Let me see. Let me take it back. I was running Facebook ads promoting new, de uh, new development or new construction or whatever's happening in certain neighborhoods in Oakland. This is pre-gentrification. This is like way, way early before. But like areas like uptown Oakland or downtown Oakland or Jack London or West Oakland was starting to, you know, starting to have development. So I was posting that in certain on uh, my Facebook page running ads. But then that received a lot of backlash. I didn't realize that people that that were experiencing that didn't like that Oakland is booming so fast. So it was pretty hectic for a while. Like I, I started having a lot of people who talk right nasty things on my Facebook page. And then I find a way like it just became really interesting and fun after a while because all my coworkers was getting a kick out of it. So like how did I get all this all these people on offline to also read the stuff? So I thought, well what if I just put hashtag fast agent on bus benches and then people would just like wonder the heck that is and look it up online and then they'll eventually find me. So that actually worked really, really well. And, it was, and then you realized that the economy was not doing so well because I was able to get like the best, best 
not outside like Rock Ridge and Temescal areas, I got all the bus benches around like Merritt on the lake uh, in downtown, like big traffic areas because no one else wanted to spend money on marketing. So I did that, the bus benches. And then I think two years later, people were really pissed off. I, I changed it to the yellow and blue signs and then blue and yellow. But at that time, gentrification was a talk of the town for like a good two, three years. People were like pissed off. And then I started a whole campaign called uh, hashtag fuck fast agent, which was, I thought was pretty funny because <laughs> people were uh, demolishing my benches every, every, like I was losing like 20 benches plus a month, which is pretty expensive. Like that's like over a thousand dollars. But then because of that, the polarizing views, like that got me, uh, everyone talking about what was going on. Cause then when you see on the street, people are like, oh shit, that's Kenny stuff. So that got me pretty notorious in my area. And during that same time or right before it, I ran a lot of, I promoted my bench ads. If people took a picture of it, like a selfie, or just took a picture of it, posted somewhere, I would give them a $20 Starbucks gift card. So I sent, I sent out a ton of those. At first, it was supposed to be selfie, but normally did the selfie thing. They just took it mm-hmm. and posted on Facebook. I was like, or Instagram. I was like, cool. Well, here, and I'll, I'll text them, hey, here's your card. Because then so I was buying ad space on friends to generate referrals for myself. How did you emotionally navigate a lot of the pretty intense things that people were saying to you and also the circumstances of the situation? What was happening in Oakland at that time? Early on, it was honestly pretty stressful for a couple of months. I had like, before I can even respond to people, I would have some drinks first because it was like, like pretty nasty stuff. And later I found a snarky, started just commenting snarky, sarcastic things. And it actually became kind of fun for a while, minus like the death threats and all this crazy stuff. But then like it was always a conversation piece people that told me like hey i saw this and this i don't know like how to just navigate I just kind of just did it and it, it became its own like thing for a while and then Inman caught wind of that yeah Inman caught wind of that and saw my systems and marketing and some of the marketing i told you earlier and then that's how i actually kind of um won my Inman award it was a combination of different things can you give us a sense of your scope of the kenny fest brand and your marketing strategy as it stands today like I imagine some of these things in your early years were kind of like trial and error, but how do you envision your brand and how do you go about where you delegate your marketing dollars and strategy? Right now, like we're all in a social. So my brand has graduated. You know, Fast Asian is his own brand. I still use that all the time now. But I started, oh yeah, like in my fourth year of business, I started Team Fast Agents. It was like three of us, but that brand never really took off. The logo wasn't right. The people wasn't right. So I dropped that. And then more recently... A year and a half ago, I, I started growing my third time doing a team. I had five, six people on my team last year, this time, and that 12 in January. Now I actually have 20 people under contract with me now with 30 coming on board. And I bring this not just to talk about numbers, but the Fast Asian brand has evolved into hashtag Team Fast. Like all my team members, they promote hashtag Team Fast. We tweaked our logo to look pretty much like mine. So it's kind of it's evolved from myself to now the team. And then something I'm working on right now, now that I've, I'm at EXP Realty, I joined three months ago. Now I'm actually, I filed a DBA. I'm actually going to be launching Fast Real Estate. We have the logo, design, office space, and everything. So the brand has kind of just evolved over time. I'm trying to now leverage that to bring it for other people to use. And But I have to simplify it. And now like it's that marketing has a certain look and feel. I mean, I, I, I was with Climb Real Estate. had really great, five really great years there. I love that brand. So like a lot of the stuff I've had is pretty highly influenced by Climb, but we, we put a lot of different spins on it. So it doesn't look quite the same anymore. So that's kind of how we grew the brand. Because my brand, I, can't really, I don't feel like I can grow my brand that much anymore, my personal brand, because it's, it's kind of well-known already. And for Team Fast, kind of focusing on social, is it through what platforms you use and where 
do you spend your uh instagram yeah. stories yeah i was like 95 percent instagram stories my team is like posting and reposting all the time like they're a couple of them are really nifty on canva now so they're creating their own content and then i've encouraged the people on my in my team to create all their unique stuff so like my, my brand hashtag fast agent it was probably you know people knowing me as okay this oakland guy that sold a lot of properties but now i i, I feel like my brand is an industry thought leader i've I put on over like 20 something webinars just last month, bringing on really smart people to come together and talk. And now as I'm growing my, I guess, kind of like my brokerage, people know that you, you, you should talk to Kenny, you know, hashtag fast agent, if you want to learn how to do social branding and design, but you don't have to use his stuff. You know, he'll teach you how to create your own stuff. And one of the things that I've always appreciated about your brand is how beautiful your work is, especially those emails, were you designing every single one of them yourself? I assemble all the emails, but the graphic designs, like the header image, I've, I have an assistant that's been working off and on for me for seven years now. He does all the headers. I pay him a hundred bucks. Sometimes he can do it in five minutes. Sometimes it takes an hour. But the rest of the images, I actually grab from different websites, such as Pinterest or Behance or Dribble with three Bs. I've only had one issue with copyright, so I know that gets asked a lot. Someone asked me to remove it, but I, I kind of look for the content. I assemble it together so it looks really nice and easy to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much of your business has to do with relationships, especially as you're building a team now of 20 people. And when you're doing the kind of volume of business that you and your team do, there's just a lot of people, a lot of clients, a lot of team members. When you think about those relationships, what comes to mind? What have you learned about cultivating those relationships, about managing those relationships? I think last year, so not 2019, but 2018, I think like only 20, 25% of my business was referral based. And then last year, 2019, it became 45%. Because me, like I, I'm just, I have so many things I like trying and these tools get in front of people. Um, I, I just, I, I'm not really good at developing really deep relationships. And I, with my clients, because uh, I'll give you an example. I thought it was really funny. My, uh, my partner, Michaela at the time, between her last five sales, like four of her clients asked her out for dinner or, you know, um, or something, invited her for lunch, right? I was like, wait, in my last hundred deals I've closed, like only two people even asked me for a drink. Uh, I like, but you know, and I ran with it. Like, I'm, I'm not that, um, I'm not that much of a relationship. I'm just not naturally uh, more of like a people per pleaser kind of person or in tune. Um, but I'm really good at talking to agents and like I'm putting myself out there. So I might not talk to a lot of my past clients or, or that many friends, but I talk to well over 100, 150 people a day on Instagram. And I found that's my niche. Like my, my niche is developing relationships with other agents because it's fun to me, like selling real estate. You know, if, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. So every day, like I'm trying these tools, I'm talking to people, I'm doing stupid stuff, posting stupid stuff. It's other, <clears throat> it's other agents that are reaching out. So, so I don't really have much advice on like nurturing relationships with my clients. I, I'm more, I've always been more focused and uh, about scaling and getting in front of more agents. Like I, I, you know, some agents are really successful at, you know, inviting their clients out for dinner and building their referral base. For me, I travel like 130 ish days a year out of, out of uh, East Bay to go to conferences, whether I'm being asked to speak on it or I'm just going. So like I've, that's my passion. Like I, I get a lot of joy out of that. So like I've stuck with that. And it's actually, that's what has helped me continue to uh, accelerate my business and growing the team and now the brokerage. You got a lot of systems and tools. And it's so great to hear you share what, what works for your team and how you manage it all. 
I network with a lot of like the bigger teams and they probably have like 60% of the same stuff or something similar. So most teams are using a lot of like similar needs or fulfilling similar needs. Curious for agents, regardless if they have a brand or no brand at all, and if someone is going to up their marketing game right now, what's one or two things you would suggest that they do? Uh, I'll say get on Canva. I mean, so, like your brand isn't just a logo, right? It's what people talk about when you're not in the room. It's a quote like that. But like you want you want a good brand, just start doing a good job. Like really take care of your clients. Let them speak about you. And then your brand would then come into existence. And then like if you do want a marketing look and feel, I, I suggest hopping to Canva. Canva is free and you can make really cool stuff in there. I've been sharing a lot of my templates. So there's probably like 50 agents out there like on Instagram using my templates, but I give it out openly. That's awesome. We're big fans of Canva as well. And now that you have this huge team of people, of colleagues that are under you, that you're, that you're mentoring, what have you learned about mentoring? What kind of mentor have you become now that you have to be one? One thing to think about too, right? When you're, if you're a broker owner or a team leader, like I, I bring in the systems, but I don't actively use all of them. Like I, I bring in, I get my system to use it and adopt it and she runs our day-to-day stuff. So we're, and we're constantly growing and dragging in and out new tools. I actually have in front of me the stuff that I use right now. I can kind of go through it. Like we use a tool called Airtable, but there's alternatives like Monday or the post. It's really a fancy spreadsheet. And we use that to track all of our lot boxes and listings. And then we use Asana. Asana is task management. So servicing everything that's needed in each listing as it happens or on a buyer side, like the EMD going, do we schedule inspections, stuff, stuff like that. We use Chime CRM on the team. We've been using it for four years now. We helped kind of build it out earlier too when um, they flew in the engineers from China to meet a couple times to build it. DocuSign, of course, everyone knows that. Disclosure.io. We use a cool tool called Folio. Folio is a lifesaver. You put in the milestone events for all your listings and purchases, and it creates a Gmail extension calendar, and then it, it will email the seller and buyer when those things happen. So they kind of like talks to them on your behalf without you constantly updating them. High note, high note is a presentation tool. Like our, they brand as our secret weapon, but we'd want a ton of listings, listing appointments with high note before we even get get there. And then stuff like Mixmax, a lot of my team uses Mixmax Chrome extension. You can send video through air, do call action buttons, unique calendar scheduling. And then the last one, we picked up a new tool called Sisu. I really love SISU. It does tracking for the whole team. So every day on, supposed to, but every day we track in the conversations we had, appointments set, how many times we posted on Instagram or Facebook, how many DMs we had, like, and how many hours we worked. So that, that as a whole, is, it makes the team pretty competitive. We love talking about failures as much as we do successes. And I think a lot of agents may think of you and they're like, oh, wow, Kenny, you know, I want to be I want to be where he's at. Can you tell us about and I'm sure there's been a lot of bumps along the road for you, especially when you shared kind of your um, your the backlash you received in Oakland from your branding and marketing campaigns with hashtag fast agent. Can you tell us of a failure that's like you think about every now and then that's taught you a lot and um, has made you a stronger person in realtor. Yeah. Like, so like, I mean, I have bad memory one thing and then uh, I, I really do. I have so many things going on. Like I, I don't remember like small details. That's why I'm so dependent on my calendar and assistant. But yeah, the Oakland thing was one thing, but I would say like just recruiting and teaching team members. I have so many burnouts with members that weren't like taking the business seriously. So I remember one time I recruited 
five agents to my team. They actually all turned over within a couple of months and left. Four of them aren't even selling real estate anymore. So it wasn't like big loss, loss, but constantly like just like trying new tools. If it sucks, I lose a lot of money, get committed. I don't know, like I used Boomtown for a year after nine months, like this isn't for me. So I forked out like two grand and cancel, used Firepoint. We ended the contract, but we moved over to Chime. So like for us, like we're always trying new things. So I don't really, I don't really dwindle on failures too much. So I'm pretty bad on that. I just think like every failure is a learning opportunity to try something new and different. I had a great assistant, I still do, same assistant. And then I tried working with two other agents and then one was not a good fit. They switched out. We put another agent in and then the other agent was a good fit. He left and it was just me and my other, one of my other business partners and then left. So I was like, you know what? I can't really afford this assistant thing. I'm not even sure I can keep her or I have to decrease her wage. But then somehow like, you know, we, we both spoke about it, like, hey, we really should just build a team. That way we can make sure you're getting paid. And then that failure with the not working relationships with my past partners, at least with the assistant side, because he's a six figure salary, uh, then led to me having to build my team. And now I have a team of 20, but this took three years. Yeah, she's been with me for three years. Well, it's clear that you're an inherent teacher and it seems like you love sharing all of that, all that you know, and you're constantly, I'm amazed by how much energy you have to soak up all the new stuff that's out there. I mean, so we have all these tools, right? I don't know, 20 tools. Like there's a ready way to use it. So like, I don't really dive too deep on how to use the tools because uh, they'll figure it out. They're like, hey, use this and this is how we use it with this. But my, my thing is like focusing on their personality, what they like doing, are they extroverted or introverted? Like, do they like video? Do they don't like video? Like we have a new agent on the team. She's like, I, mean, I haven't seen anyone this good with spreadsheets before. And then she was able to take that skill. Now she makes the most amazing email marketing, like even better. Because I do like really fancy, crazy emails. But my regular email game isn't that great other than simple design. I don't like, like, I mean, I, I props to you, Connie. I love reading all your emails. Like I read every single one because I, I love how you're explaining your story. You're in that. So I, I use your email and other emails agents send me as a reference to my team all the time. Like, hey, if you guys are doing email marketing, you need, you should be doing like this. Give us some thought, make it personal, right? For me, it's just scale. But then for my team training them, this is kind of like, I, I show them different ways other agents are doing it. Like mentoring, like, hey, this is how you should do your social media. Maybe you should think about doing more video hair or like, I hate that design. You know, like there's this new Instagram template. You know, if you post it in the off-market channel, instead of just posting the picture in the words, you post something with the Insta story tweakers, you know, those little apps, like you're getting a lot of traction and boom, it worked. So every time I tell my agents to do something, they usually do it because I've been doing this long enough. And I tell them like, hey, I don't do this anymore, but this, I think this is a great idea. You should, you should check it out. I just found a new app called Stagger today. You can like, you know, when you scroll through a collage on Instagram, left and right, it's just a picture, right? But this app lets you cut out like a 10 picture length thing and you can insert things anywhere inside of it. So you get half a video showing one page and half another. It's just, I don't know, you can do all kinds of stuff. For me, like mentoring ag agents, like I try to see a lot of it is like helping them build their brand and identity in, in the market and get, get stronger in social. And then my director of operations, my, you know, my assistant, She's doing the day-to-day -day mentoring of like contracts, negotiating, what's right, how you should, you know, be careful about this. So I, she gets all the, she, she likes that stuff, but she gets all the, I feel like the boring stuff and I get to do all the fun stuff. Especially in this time of COVID, you have become the king of realtors on Zoom, hosting an amazing number of value-packed webinars um, several of them a week for folks across the country. And this includes panels and, and masterminds and a ton of trainings. Tell us about how that started and where you hope it goes. I mean, it's been a long month. I, it was very cool because the first day of shelter in place, I was, um, 
I was in Napa for four days and California did shelter in place. And then I left Napa that day. And next day I went to Hawaii for a week. So I, I've always, I was 12 days ahead of shelter in place. But when I came back again, uh, that week, so I was like three weeks in already. This group called the Be Different Mastermind Group, a bunch of ESP, like really big agents, invited me to speak on an all-day, eight-hour conference. Um, and then I, I jumped on that panel and I did a 30-minute tech talk, tech tool training. And that was like, I had like, tons of people add me afterwards. And the same week, Enrique Medellin and a PRG group, he did the mastermind panel with all top agents. I mean, this is like two months ago, right? When Before every single person is doing something right now. I, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I can do it myself. Like, I can get these top agents in Oakland, Berkeley, do it. And allowed me to do it. And then I never did webin webinar before. It actually took me like five, six hours to figure out like this is what I'm talking about, right? Like I sat at the office, I couldn't figure out what how to do op- start a webinar, like you have to buy this account, you upgrade this. It, it was a lot of work. And then I was like, oh shit, I got this. And then I think I put on like, I don't know, five webinars that week. Next week I did like 10. I don't know. Later on, I I personally was on 15 webinars. And now I'm doing like three, three a week. And then the, the conversations are getting elevated, right? It's not just all oh, mastermind panel, which we did earlier. I'll talk about branding. Like I invite other masterminds, then I would create the social cards for them to promote it. And then I would tag them on Facebook. So then I got, I get to be on every single top agents page in my area, including like tons of the top one, number one, or even top 1% in my area. I'll have me on their page featuring them. And I have people contact me to get on my webinars. Branding, right? Brand awareness. But I've cut down that lot. I'm only doing like three this week. But then the webinars became a huge hit. I was able to showcase, I think like, because I travel so much and just, go to conferences and stuff. People just think I party and go to conferences. They don't, really, don't understand what, what it is I do. And, I, and I, I get that. But now like this shelter in place has been amazing for my business because I can sit down in detail about almost any topic, whether you want to talk about team building or social media or branding or systems or tools or just general selling and real estate, mentoring, recruiting, right? I can talk about any topic in pretty high level because I'm also talking with very high level people. So with that, like I've been able to, and everyone wants to be associated with the webinars because now they get the clout right of being with other ones so everyone's image is even increased when you're associating with even stronger agents but that has been crazy with the recruiting that's why like i don't actively recruit but people just come to me like at climb real estate i brought on over 65 agents in just the last two months i probably bring on over 20 something agents that want to work or be associated with uh, things i do because i'm this like this podcast right someone listening to this now might want to join a team or want some help they might reach out to me and then that's that's a new conversation but the webinar it has been pretty cool. Like my favorite two, I did one yesterday and I did one three weeks ago was Team Ridge. Team Ridge is this word uh, Brett Jennings made up, but I thought it was kind of cool. Like it's broker owners who have, who runs a broker and, and has a team. So you can imagine those people are selling hundreds of homes a year. Like we got together and we would learn a lot. And now that like, people reaching out, they show that we understand how to run a brokerage, you know, how to run a team. And they want to associate with people who do that. Because right now the webinars are filling a need and lack in the market from real estate agents that they're not getting the type of support or mentor training, you know, from their broker owner or sales manager. Well, it just goes to show the more value you put out there and you constantly give and give and give people trust you and they want to learn, they want to learn from you and they want more from you. So that's really awesome. It's fun, right? Giving back and then, and then you're improving the skill set and game of everyone else in your marketplace. And then they'll further push everyone forward and push you to even like try to be even more creative. Like that's why I cut down the webinars because there's only so many times I can hear about virtual showings and, you know, general mastermind or e-notary. I mean, every week has its phase. I'm really, I honestly don't even, can't even think of much topics to talk about anymore webinar. That's why I kind of cut back. That hasn't been set already. 
We don't blame you. What you've mentioned that you love speaking on panels and going to conferences. What excites you the most about going to conferences and connecting with folks? Before, just like constantly stretching my myself, learning, hearing from the best. But now, like when I speak, usually people fly me in for free and house me and feed me and give me drinks. I did this event a couple years ago, and then like last week, this guy runs a huge Facebook group. I got to speak in there, did hour and a half training which equals referrals. And also I'm talking to another huge group. I just got off a call with this like 12 agent team in a different state that's interested in joining ESP. And I met them at the same event. So like putting yourself out there. And it, I mean, today I got two referrals too through just uh, Instagram. Like putting yourself out there, being seen, meeting people, shaking hands, like you get in front of people that that's how you build your referral agent business. As I, for me, I haven't, I don't really, I haven't really focused on my client referral business in the past because my agent Agent, agent referral business is, is like really, really active. How does it feel to now be hitting your stride now and, and fulfilling the vision of what you've been working for for years? I mean, it feels pretty awesome. I joked around the other night because I spent, I worked 14 hours on Thursday, night, I think. And then the last three hours I spent on my website. Well, I couldn't even get my domain running right. It was something weird with it. But it was funny. I actually wrote like my 10 years at work have gotten me to this point. I got a 1% completed website. I literally finally got my logo on the left corner. It's tiny. I was like, this is it. This is everything. This is it. Like, I mean, like, I it was actually pretty emotional when I did the email. Like, man, I've been working and working fast agent, team fast agents, then team fast and climb collapse and my team collapsed. Now, over and over and over, like, this is my third iteration of the team. You know, 10 years now, like, I finally got everything going on. I think we're in the right place. I have more listings than ever and anyone in my market. I'm number one in Oakland, at least for sure. And then I have my website. I have all these people that are lined up to talk to me. I was like, it just feels really good to see all the hard work you put into your business come to fruition. Absolutely. You, Kenny, you're go, 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 go. How have you avoided burnout and how do you take care of yourself throughout this whole process? So I don't, I wouldn't say I live a healthy lifestyle, but I, I take <laughs> care of myself. I try to sleep seven hours a night every night. I don't care what time I wake up. Now, actually, like more than ever, I'm more structured because my girlfriend gets up at seven. So I get up when she gets up. But before, like, I make sure I get my seven hours. I eat cleaner in the middle of the day. I don't eat like heavy foods in the middle of the day. I drink a ton of water. I drink a 30, is it 32 ounces? Yeah, like 32. I have a, a hydroflask next to me. I drink 32 ounces next to me. So I, I try to, and then I, I have a sleep hacking app and I try to just really structure my day. So I'm at my mental best. I honestly don't get mentally burned out unless I'm sitting and staring at something for like eight hours. And then I kind of mix up my days. I play a lot of Call of Duty on my iPad, probably like seven, eight hours a week. But like I, I find ways to kind of like keep my energy levels high and keep myself from getting bored. So that's, but then it's really, you're not, you can't really get bored doing, I mean, one day I start slurring my words after six hours of webinars, you know, talking and talking. But for the most part, that's why I cut down on that a little bit. But I think if you can mix up your days and keep it, keep exciting, always have a project going on, like you will mentally and physically be at your, you know, at close to peak. I love it. So tell us what's your big picture goal and what's the impact that you ultimately want to have? I don't see myself stepping out sell selling real estate. Last year, I actually went on 113 listing appointments physically. 11, well, minus two, two of them were uh, FaceTime. But I love being on the field. I like, I love talking to clients. I, I'm poor at the client nurture relationship. But I love talking to people. I love hearing from them, like how to help them. I still plan to continue selling real estate very actively and growing a team of all like really cool, amazing. Two people were kidding around last couple weeks ago. Like, you know, we kind of like the, my team is kind of like the Avengers of real estate, Marvel, like Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cause like all the agents are so different and then we're helping them find their identity. Cause a lot of, you know, different brokers have a certain brand. 
whatever it might be, right? You guys are Compass. It's an amazing brand. Maybe more upscale, premium for sure. And then there's other companies like Side coming in. They're helping agents build their own logos and vision. My kind of like long-term vision is to kind of help try to see how many agents can help build their businesses up. And then because I work, I'm at ESP, there's a revenue share play, and I'm also the broker-ish owner. So I'm getting paid regardless. So now I get paid to help other agents grow their businesses versus like just solely growing uh, you know, fast, fast, fast. So you were born in Canada, but raised in the Bay Area. Do you still have family here in the Bay Area? I'm born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, 84. So I'm turning 36 this year, but I came over age three. Lived in, so I lived in Oakland pretty much all my life. I was also born in the Bay Area, born and raised in the Bay Area. And for me, I have so much pride in being from here and getting to work and be involved in my community now in this way. And my family is also in real estate. And so that there's this sort of lineage and legacy for me. What does it mean to you and to your family to now be one of the top agents in many ways in the community where your people are rooted? I think it's inspirational. Because my dad always brags about me to his friend, you know, as any Asian parent would. So they always, yeah, so like, I, you know, like being able to provide back. And I, growing up, like, we never, I mean, my, my parents came, they're immigrants. My dad's a mechanic. My mom was a waitress. So, like, we didn't really have much growing up. And then to be able to be a pillar of the community and, and show people the way, like, has been, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Because I remember working in my old brokerage with Vinny. I could only name maybe five Asian male Agents that were producing at a very high level in the Oakland Berkeley market, literally just five. Being the minority in the marketplace to be able to inspire other people, I, I think like that goes a long way. Like you said, legacy, right? I do think about my legacy all the time. Isn't I mean, obviously, selling real estate will make you a lot of money, but if you're able to help inspire other people, that's why I like stuff and like scaling and helping agents. Because like if I can do training and help agents, it makes a little bit more money in all of them. Might. I'm more impactful in the lives of like 20, 30 families than I am just helping one person. Yeah, so I think that's where the legacy play comes in. If you do a good job at your community, you're really helping people. Like that will, you know, and I guess put in real estate speak, maybe if I can help build more top producers in my team and they can help other people, help other families, help and help their own family do better. That means a lot more to me than just solely me, you know, having higher income. But the cool part is actually it's aligned. So the more I help people, the more I get back, right? Absolutely. It's huge. And something that you had just mentioned really struck with me, that there were only a handful of top producers that were Asian men. And I think about the change and the evolution in our industry in just a couple of, in just a few years to what it is now. And I think about you and all of the people you're training, all of the people that you're mentoring, um, and especially the, the people of color, the agents of color, so tell me a little bit about what that means to you. I love it. So last week, we had 11 people on the call. I looked at it like, this is crazy. We speak nine different languages just on this call. But I, I love that our team is so diverse. And like maybe people of different backgrounds that weren't given opportunity to succeed further or weren't given, not opportunity, more like support. Like, I feel like we have it here. We have such a diverse team. We didn't even have like a white guy on our team. Like we have 13 people, right? Until like January. So we're like, we're, we're literally the most diverse team in America, if I had to guess. I think like having that attracts a lot of people, but also like giving back, like everyone has the first shot to, to brand themselves and do something more unique. And at the end of the day, like your, the content speaks for itself, but we're helping people like get in front of more people. 
Yeah, and I think this is such a big passion of ours. And we were talking about for you, you know, doing things that excite you, doing things that you're just passionate about. Out of all of the things that you can do, choosing the things that you're most passionate about. And I get so much passion, and I get so excited, and and so enthusiastic about showing up as a representation for what can be, and showing up as someone that looks like me, that sounds like me, that comes from my experience, and being able to say to people that relate to me that you have a place in real estate, that you can carve out a career that you want, because if I can do it, then you can do it too. And that I think is so important for people to see. It's just giving people possibility, right? Like that's all it is. It's just giving people possibility. You guys give back a lot. I mean, like you guys have a whole way different branding than I do. You guys are like forward facing what communities more like in your fields, which I really appreciate. Okay, you guys have way different messaging than me. Like no one, no, no, no one even has messaging like you guys, which I think is really cool. And not many people have my thing unless I'm trying to actually teach them that. But now it inspires other agents to rethink like what is their brand, what is, what can they give back to the community, both their clients and the agent community base. But the more like we're out here like sharing what we think or you know have done, it's only inspiring other people to get a little more creative on what they have, and then that has a you know like a domino effect on the market or exponential effect for people to be more unique. Totally. Our podcast is called The Thoughtful Realtor. Kenny, what does it mean to you to be a thoughtful realtor? Stay creative just and just do it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your insights. There's no doubt that you're a leader, an innovator, a rules breaker, which we love. And we're constantly learning from you and your team is so lucky to have you. And we're just excited to be part of your journey and watch you continue to grow. We appreciate it. And for folks that want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, Kenny Fast on Facebook or Kenny underscore Fast on Instagram. I'm usually on Instagram. <laughs> yes, absolutely. One of the most connected, engaged people on Instagram. I can attest to that. Thank you so, so, so much, Kenny. We really appreciate your time and all of the amazing insights. Awesome. Appreciate the opportunity.